Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with attitude. What's up, bro? Teenagers with Attitude, the show where a bunch of grown adults sit around talking about teenagers in tightly colored clothing fighting monsters. Uh, and this week, boy howdy, there is some tightly colored clothing more than normal. Um, I'm Zach, and joining me this week, uh, we have Lexi. Yeah, I I don't think there's a lot of teenagers in this one, though. Like, the, the teenagers to tightly colored clothing ratio is weird this time. The the tightly colored clothing is certainly more prevalent in this one. Yes, agreed. Uh, and also, we have our friend Ava back. Hi, I've returned for my second episode now. Hell yeah. Uh, well, we're excited to have you. And as always happens in these these situations, I do have a question that I have to ask you, which is, Ava, has anything Power Rangers related happened to you since the last time you were on? Oh, I should have. I knew this question was coming. I probably could have had an answer. <laughs> the correct answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I do, like I appreciate Power Rangers. I haven't watched it in a while. That's fair. But... I mean, Power Rangers is that's honestly, Ava. That's like a really good encapsulation of I feel like most people's feelings towards Power Rangers. This is like it's cool. It's there. I don't really need to watch it that often, but oh, hey, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, that's how I feel about the Dark Souls franchise. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it exists, but I, I don't need it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I do well, appreciate else? that you specifically word the question, not in a, like, have you done anything Power Rangers related, but rather, has Power Rangers <laughs> happened to you? It's a completely yeah, passive yeah. voice. Yeah, what uh, what what things have forced themselves upon you that are Power Rangers related? Um, I mean, only only as much as the rest of Twitter has experienced Power Rangers in like the last week or so. That's true, and and fair enough. Uh, with that, we may as well segue into our news this week. Uh, I didn't pull up the dumb name that Mike makes me say, so he's going to have to deal with that. I don't have it on me. If you have it and can produce it for me in oh, the next- You know I don't. Okay, good. Well, then I've escaped it. So uh, we're just going to call it news. And here's the news. The new- um, The fourth and fifth Rangers have been introduced on Dino Fury, the current season of Power Rangers. 
and the Green Ranger is one of the, I don't think it's the first time since Mighty Morphin, but it has not happened very often. It is one of the rare instances in which uh, the Japanese show, the Sentai, only had one woman and they were like well let's try and fix that a little bit for power rangers and added another lady just like they did with uh trini the yellow ranger and mighty morphin um however now there's 25 years of the fact that if you are a lady in power rangers you wear a skirt so i guess they either felt the need or just thought it would be fun to explain why Izzy, the Green Ranger, does not have uh, a skirt. Uh, and basically, she is uh, in the show. She's an athlete. Uh, and she is shown to be wearing like very sporty clothes most of the time before she becomes a Power Ranger. And when she gets the uh, she morphs, they created a, a version of the costume that has a skirt, and then she just rips it off and goes, I don't want this skirt. I, or uh, I think she says, skirts aren't really my thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And predictably- Shout out to the costume designer who uh, had to make a tearaway skirt for exactly one scene. Yeah, that had to be like, you know, aesthetically fit with the costume and look like it was meant to be part of it and not just like a weird- uh, like ripoff thing, uh, but it, it's something that you know I appreciate them putting the work in on to at least try and give some kind of reasoning. It also the- gives her a little bit of a character point, which is you know she's supposed to be kind of a tomboy. But the the, the moment hits good, like when it when yeah. it happens, it's you're like a little like ah hell yeah. The thing is, the thing that I was really waiting for that they didn't commit to was I really wanted them to have, like, a moment where she, like, took the, like, piece of skirt and, like, threw it in, like, a mook's face to blind them, and then they were like, I can't see past the skirt, and then she punches them. That yeah, would be so be sick. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely something that that's pretty neat. I, I wanted to talk about it because, like, I think that Power Rangers uh, has not ever really in the past, at least what we've watched for the show so far, whenever they try to give some kind of explanation for why something is different in the uh, in the American footage, it's always real busted. Like the one I always think of is is okay. Bulk and Skull have to acquire this thing that becomes a monster, so they buy this weird ass fucking statue from a flea market because like we it has to look like what the monster becomes. They, they've never been very good at that. Yeah, and season two I, of Mighty Morphin was, like, really egregious for it because, like, all the monsters were just things that got monsterfied. Yeah, and and I think that it's it's neat that they, they were like, okay, well, we can take this time to explain this and also we can give it, like, have it be part of the character, and that's neat. Um so, I, I mean, honestly, I thought it was pretty cool. I watched the episode. The show continues to be good. I will say, and this is something I wanted to talk about a little bit, the the Power Rangers fandom. Uh, you can honestly just stop there. The Power Rangers fandom, okay. dot, dot, dot. So, l- listen, it's cool. They did a neat thing. There are two ways the Power Rangers fandom overreacted. One you the the super like cinema sins 
version of this, which is that's not how Power Ranger powers work. You have the costume and you can't alter the costume. She would morph again and it would just be right there. This doesn't make sense. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, y'all, you need to relax. It's Power Rangers, please. Imagine after this much time being really torn up about like the metaphysical continuity of Power Rangers. Like, it's one of those things where we joke about it because it's the show that we do. Like, there was that episode where he, uh, someone ripped off their costume while morphed, and we were like, well, what does that mean in terms of, like, what morphing is? And that's fun to joke about, but, like... But, like, where, we land, where we've landed on that is, oh, yeah, the suits are just skin. Like... We're clearly not taking it seriously because it's impossible right. to take seriously. Yeah, it doesn't make it, it – just don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it's Power Rangers. It's a show for babies. And some Someone what? on Twitter – the guy who's doing Beast Fury just, like, saw that post on Twitter and just sighed and put his head in his hands. And he went to go edit it so at the start of every episode where she morphs, she has to rip it off again after no. morphing. <laughs> Here's the thing. I will say – that would be really funny that if that's hilarious. if they decided to do that. That'd be hilarious. But also, it's fine. You don't just need to her do own that. Special morphing sequence with just that one little extra bit. Yeah, where it's just like, yeah, okay. I guess this is just what the default morph sequence is. But now um, the morph now the morphing sequence is they. They say they're more. If they say it's morphing time, and then they go to their closet and they change into their outfit. <laughs> yeah. yeah some Venture <laughs> Brothers ass yeah, exactly. right there. Uh, so there's that side, and then there's the other side who is is like, oh, hell yeah, this is so woke. You know, this is like uh, breaking gender norms and all this stuff. And and I'm sitting there going like, I, okay, listen, I it's neat. I'm pretty sure that it was okay for women to wear pants in like the mid-50s. <laughs> like, it's not like... Guys, please relax. You think she's it's effectively very... utilizing girl power? <laughs> it is very, like, late 80s girl power, which, to be fair, I've based, like, 90% of my identity off of 80s girl power. <laughs> sure. So I like, like it, but it's not, like, feminist. 80s girl power is a good aesthetic. It is only woke in the sense of, like, somebody who's had insomnia for, like, 10 days straight right. is woke. <laughs> yeah. Insert the knuckles responding to feminism on TV yes. shows. Rant. Yes, yes, that yes. That copy pasta. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's. I, I I think it's neat. Again, it's a cool character moment. Like it, it tells you something about the character. You don't need to be like, oh. And I will say, it seems like this this creative team is trying to be a little bit more inclusive. Uh, not that Power Rangers has not had you know, at least tried to do that in the past, but they seem like they're doing a pretty good job. But like, y you just relax. We we don't need to, <laughs> to herald this lady doesn't wear a skirt as like some kind of uh, massive achievement. I don't know. It's just silly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cool and the, the show continues to be good. And this actually leads me into the second piece of news I wanted to go over real quick before we talk about the, the episode this week, which is that, um, I, I was following, uh, the, the Twitter of, 
the showrunner for Dino Fury, and it came to my attention that the uh, um, the action unit director of uh, Power Rangers Dino Fury is a guy named Kenji Sato or Sato, uh, and he runs a company called Samurai Film, and. He now is also the action director of of Dino Fury, and I was like, okay, that's neat. I wonder if there's anything in this. Uh, I should look at what it is. Uh, I have to tell y'all about Samurai Film. Samurai Film is a company where if you are stuck in the Tokyo International Airport and you're bored, you can go pay them several hundred dollars, so it is expensive, and they will teach you how to sword fight and put you in, or, or like how to you know, uh, stunt sword stage, fight. Yeah, stage fight. Yeah. Sword fight. And make a three to four minute uh, samurai film starring you with uh, professional stuntmen as the, the bad guys that you murder. And they film it in the Tokyo airport. <laughs> and it rules. I watched one starring Zach. a little old lady. It's so cool. <laughs> Why did you just tell me about this? <laughs> Do you have to go what? to Tokyo now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could just, I could also just do this because I actually do know how to stage fight. Like, I do know how to stage sword fight and real sword fight. So, I don't, well, you should start but, up your version of this company then. And teach but I don't how have, do I don't have professional uh, stunt actors to let me beat on them. <laughs> True. Or, ed- or much, or much editing skills. You don't have professional stunt actors yet. Yes, yet. You could find some. We can make this happen. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I was just like, oh, who's this guy? And I clicked through to his Twitter and I was like, excuse me, I have been, cause if you've ever done much traveling, I'm sure you've been stuck in an airport for eight hours at some point. Can you imagine a better way to spend your time while you're stuck in an airport? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought that was really neat. So I wanted to bring it up. Um, I'm gonna fly to this airport to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where are you? So where are you going while you're here? Oh, nowhere. This is it. Yeah, I I came here for this specifically. Oh, uh, and the other, th- you know, I shouldn't sell him short. Also, the the action sequence in this episode, which is the first one that he directed in the new uh, Dino Fury, is really good, and you can clearly tell it's made by somebody else. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's neat. Uh, the show is 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 really good. Uh, and now let's go back to Power Rangers in Space, an also good show, but maybe in a different way. Um, <laughs> this, it is of a different era, that is for sure. Yes. Today we are going to be talking about Power Rangers in Space, Episode 9, The Craterite Invasion. The Craterite Invasion. Oh, no. I watched 1986's The Critters. (laughs) Oh, darn. Well, you know, honestly, I I could probably do an episode on Critters (laughs) from memory. (laughs) Yeah, you guys talk about Critters. I'll talk about this episode of Power Rangers in Space, and we'll see how much of it just kind of (laughs) naturally lines up. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the episode opens on a little boy who... I know he's given a name, but I do not have it right here in front of me. Um, yeah, I miss I miss the uh, ability to see subtitles. Yeah, you know it happens. But I've got subtitles mm-hmm. here, but I'll, I'll I'll call it out if I get it. But this little kid is uh, demonstrating the classic uh, folk tale of the boy who cried wolf because he is telling 
all of his little friends that a 20 foot tall bear almost ate him. Uh, and he displays as proof a scar on his arm where the bear uh, chewed on him. Can we talk and about how fucking good this kid is at yeah. stage makeup? This is like the boy who cried wolf and also was really good at makeup. Yeah, it definitely reminded me of like... Um, the boy who made an hard. animatronic wolf and then cried for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it reminded me of like uh, around Halloween when you see like makeup YouTubers do crazy uh, mm. like Halloween makeup stuff. Uh, obviously, it's not that in depth, but he's six, so it's like, dang, how'd you make this, buddy? <laughs> really cool. <laughs> like, if this was a, if it was like a real elementary school, or it'd just be like some red marker with like a jagged lines going across it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but instead, it's fairly convincing, like scar, fake scar tissue, basically. Um, unfortunately it's, for- It's so, it's so realistic. Like, the makeup department that did this did it real, because they couldn't even show the mom wiping it off. They had to show her wiping the arm ineffectually, cut to the kid, and then cut back to his clean arm. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, three yeah. shots of them going back and forth between the makeup above. Oh, is it gone yet? Nope, she's gotta wipe a little longer. Okay, <laughs> is it gone yet? No, she's gotta wipe a little longer. Like, I assume they had to use some solution to get it off, Probably. Probably. <laughs> So, uh, Patrick, Patrick is the kid's name, uh, his mom comes around the corner and immediately blows up his spot and is like, um, no, this is a lie, let me go ahead and, uh, wipe that off and show all of your small children friends that you're a big liar. And also two of the Power Rangers for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, also, um... Uh, Carlos and Cassie are just here and they don't exp- I don't know if they're like chaperones for the kids soccer team or what like they don't explain it at all like, they're just they clearly there. know this kid so like it, there's some connection there but you know the Power Rangers Power- they just know all kids they're like Santa uh, you know seriously like it, the I'm, I'm not I'm genuinely not trying to be weird about it, but like I do think in newer seasons they have to explain that because I think as a as a like society, we are more mm. like, why are you around children? Just why are you just there? <laughs> like we need a yeah, reason. We have, not cr- we have created a society where it is no longer considered safe for just random adults or adult adjacent people to be around children. Right, so so now you gotta say, but in this, they're just there. They're just friends with these kids. Whatever, it's fine. Um, but yeah, the the I, I really quickly wanted to say, like, I, I, man, parents get their kids bullied so much and don't know that they're doing it, and this is one of those times. Now, uh, to be fair, the. There's a running theme in this episode of this is far from the first time this kid's done it. Like he's constantly telling like fake stories and yes, like I the mother's clearly trying to get him to understand and take some responsibility about the potential consequences of lying to people like that. Right. So and it's it's not just blowing up his spot. It's not like he he came up with some really cool thing and she's just ruining it. Like it's clearly a ongoing character beat for him. Right. And, and, uh, and of course, obviously, the fact that he cries wolf will for sure matter in the plot and not just be like a completely inconsequential bit of character building for this <laughs> child. Um, 
but you're saying, yes. you're saying this with like a hint of irony, but it it is like that's the crux of the episode. No, it's not. Well, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. It's it's not really, Lexi. Like I, I mean, it comes up again. It does come up, but but we'll talk about it when we get there, and and we'll I'll, I'll say why I'm irritated with it. But yes, they set it up. Uh, his mom takes him home and says, you know, you basically the the boy who cries wolf thing. You can't do this because someday uh, something bad will happen, and you'll try to get help, and no one's going to believe you. Um. A police officer walks by. Uh, his name is Officer Hemming. Now, I had Oof. friends who, who you know, told stories when they were kids, and and I'm I'm sure I did it uh, some. It's it's occasionally fun to tell a fun story to your friends and get a reaction. I don't really know anybody who did this, which is that this kid is just like <laughs> Officer Hemming. That bank is being robbed. This and- kid is. This kid is possessed by the spirit of lying. Like, if he sees another human being within earshot, he must immediately scream a falsehood to them. Yeah. Like anyone He's down been- the street of, like, your house is being robbed right now. <laughs> the, sh- the shop down the street has a sale on donuts. Yeah, this kid has been inverse liar liared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he just can't help it. And he just... He- he just yells to this this police officer on the street that, that it's happening, and uh, Officer Hemming uh, is like, you know, uh, uh, Patrick, this is going to get you into trouble one day, uh, and then he does like a, you little rascal, and walks away, and listen, I'm not trying to get super serious, but this is a small black child and a white police officer, and seeing mm-hmm. a white cop just be like, oh, you rascally kid, have a nice day. I was just like, oh, this has not aged well at all. <laughs> I would argue it wasn't great when it aired. No, true. Um, we cut to the Astro Mega Ship. It's in space, but also in a lightning storm for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, I can tell you why. It's because they need to have a holodeck malfunction happen. Well, yes. If I had not seen the preview for this episode, I would have immediately known what was going to happen from this uh, establishing shot because I've seen an episode of Star Trek before. So, okay. Here's what happens in this episode. There's a holodeck malfunction. There's simudeck. The the bad guys get out of the simudeck because it gets hit by lightning and they're real now. Now... I have watched very little Star Trek, and I know from pop culture the joke of the hollow deck bad guys becoming real and getting out. Is that yeah. really a yes. thing that okay. happens? So, okay. Okay, so it's it's kind of blending different holodeck plots. There are several where like the safety protocols get disabled for some reason and like people are trapped in the program, which is dangerous. Um Typically, stuff can't leave it, but there is a running arc of a character, specifically uh, Moriarty of the Sherlock Holmes fame, who gains some degree of awareness of his existence in the program and that there's a world outside of the holodeck and wants to be let free and kind of does. It's... It's definitely huh. a yeah. It's definitely a, a thing that's drawing from actual episodes. Well, fair enough then. Yeah, um, I haven't seen a ton of I haven't seen a ton of Next Generation either, but I have seen the Futurama episode that goofs on it. Yes, that, this is what I think of is the Futurama <laughs> episode where they're like, "Oh no, Abraham <laughs> Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah, <laughs> Evil Abe Lincoln." 
but yeah, so so they they're they're What's starting the a training. Oh. Yeah, uh, we're starting a training simulation uh, with uh, Ashley and um, TJ. One thing I wanted to quickly point out, we see Ashley put her helmet on like with the clasps, which we really they try not to do that very often. Yeah, we actually see her start to like tuck her hair into. It's not clear if she tucks it into the helmet or into the suit, but like, yeah. Because I think they usually want it to be sort of, you know, like a magical moment and just watching somebody stuff their hair in there is like a, a little less. But I thought it was kind of cool that they did that. Um, I mean, we know that's an issue from like back in the early days because uh, Kimberly complained about the helmets messing up her hair. Right. That's true. Uh, so they are fighting I don't remember important details of my own life, but I remember that bit from an episode I watched <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> Good. I'm, you know, Lexi, it's important to have your uh, priorities straight. Uh, so they're fighting craterites. These are the mooks from the Sentai, and they look okay. super goofy. I kind of love them. Um, they're like, it's purple, like tight spandex, and then they have like, the their faces are like distorted. It's kind of hard to describe. They have like weird wonky smiles. This is the um, most putty a mook has yes. been since season two of Mighty Morphin. Mm-hmm. They feel very putty, and and they have uh, like yellow stripes across their chests. Here's the interesting things about thing about this. This episode establishes that the craterites are what they fight in the simu deck. Apparently, though, they show up like six more times, and like that's always what they fight in the simu deck. This is the first episode they appear in, and that's the one that they decided to do this in, as opposed to, like, establishing it yeah. and then later doing it, which now, is Now, they do to refer me. to them as simulations of craterites, so the implication is there are actual craterites out there for that they might have to fight Sure. Um, so they're fighting craterites. Uh, the rest of the rangers are up in the bridge uh, collecting storm data on the space lightning storm, which, you know, I don't know about that much about space, so maybe that's a thing, but whatever. Well, I mean, I don't think they're in space. I'm pretty sure they're in Earth's orbit based on what happens immediately after this. Mm, yeah, oh, that's know, true. Yeah. I think they're just, I think they're just flying point. through the upper atmosphere. <laughs> they're just hovering casually over a fucking angel grove, just yeah. like everybody can see them. <laughs> Yeah, you know, whatever. Who cares? Uh, people tend to forget immediately that aliens exist anyway. So what's mm-hmm. the what's the big deal? Um, so they are taking some readings. Decca informs them uh, that um, the cloud has become unstable and that they are going to be struck by lightning. Uh, surprise! That does happen. Um, the there is moderate damage, but more, most importantly, computer malfunctions have happened throughout the ship. Uh-oh. I'm sure that won't lead to any long-lasting issues no, with the holodeck. No, no serious problems. Uh, we, we cut back to, well, first we have the theme song, but then we cut back to TJ and Ashley. Um, and uh, whoopsie, the uh, craterites... Or, or, or no, it, the what happens is like immediately they just look like they're back in the in the non you know holodeck version of the, the room. Yeah, the 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 mm-hmm. holographic lines disappear. 
Right. Um, but then they're still fighting, uh, uh, the craterites. So they're so they're like, wait, if if uh, the simulation ended, then who are these guys? If we're in here, then who's out there? Right. the The rest of the rangers see it on the monitor and go down to help. This is the part where this gets really weird. They say that there's so many of them that that Ashley and TJ can't stop them. And granted, there there's a lot. Like for a for a Power Rangers scene, there's maybe like 10, 15 guys, right? Yeah. Uh, and more importantly, they cut back to the same scene of them like sliding down ladders and pushing through doors and stuff, implying that this is just a steady line of them coming out. Right. So they run directly to the cargo bay, force the door open, and then <laughs> See, this is how you know they're not in space, because they are not just yeah. immediately sucked out as the cargo bay depressurizes. Right. And then, a, a, you know, t- I don't know, 10, 15 craterites jump out the cargo bay. And then Ca- uh, Cassie, I think, says, there must be thousands of them. And I'm like, no. And then <laughs> they cut. It's they, so good. They cut to a Sentai footage scene of. I mean, thousands of craterites parachuting down from a spaceship uh, into the city. The best part about this is that someone, f- I think someone fucked up. I don't think it's for uh, for effect. There is zero sound during this scene. No music, no sound effects, complete silence as we watch all these fucking computer generated uh, craterites parachute. I- I did not process. I did not process the lack of sound because I was laughing too hard. It is one of the best cuts I have ever seen in this show. It looks amazing. Like it looks like a Monty Python scene. Like the way they like painted on the parachutes, or it looks. It almost looks like a prog rock album cover too. Just like the way it's so busy and even. Because there's so many of them. Like because we see ten in the room, and then they like jump out, and then there are literally like hundreds of thousands of them. Ava. Seriously, if you told me this was a Yes album cover, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, of course it is. Like, absolutely. Why Why wouldn't it be? Um, and yeah, it's it's all these guys parachuting down. We cut back up to their rangers and who just like stare on in horror. And like, they're, you know, it's, it's the actors for the Power Rangers. So they're not that emotive. But I feel like they're doing a decent job of selling, wow, we really fucked up. Like, that's a you lot can, of guys. You can buy the limited, like, emotional range they exhibit as um, just, like, being stunned by the scope of this fuck up. Yeah, we, we did a, a, just truly a bad job. Um, we cut down to Balkan Skull uh, and Professor Phenomenus and... Uh, Bulk and Phenomenus have these big, like, little radar dishes on their ears, uh, and Phenomenus says that this will allow them to heal, hear everything in Angel Grove, especially aliens, and I swear to God he says aliens, because they're just making it, they're just making him goofier and goofier, which he started pretty goofy, um... We are on episode Bulk. nine. If this escalation of goofiness continues, he is going to be just um, like yeah, Batman villain parody levels of cackling. <laughs> um, 
Bulk uh, says, what did you say? And uh, he's like, I said you're a genius. Professor Phenomenus asks Skull who is in the van to turn it up. He does so. There's huge feedback and they all scream. It's real good. It's, you know, some slapstick humor for that for that ass. Uh, Skull just shrugged like, ooh, sensitive. Yeah. And then uh, what's very funny to me is that they these are you know, audio devices, and then they just look up into the sky and see a thousand aliens. It's not like they needed these for any reason. <laughs> it's just a goofy prop from the wear. Also, why does this, why does a uh, phenomenus have a four lens b- pair of binoculars? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a prop that I noticed too. It's, it's a pair of binoculars that's got like extra, extra, I don't know. How would that uh, do eyepieces. anything? No, I, well, I was like, maybe you could, two people could put your heads together and you could look out at the same time, but I don't think They're it would work. They're not in a way where that would be possible. <laughs> no. Uh, it's just goofy. Um, so they all see uh, that there's a, a billion aliens coming. I bet the guy coming. who made the props for these bits was having a really good time. Yeah. This looks like some fun bullshit to mock up. We we cut to Patrick, uh, who wakes up in the middle of the night and walks to his door. Uh, and this is weird, because I thought he was also going to see all the parachuting aliens. But instead, he sees a bunch of people just, like, unloading something from a truck. And he immediately is like, well, that's aliens. <laughs> to be Which- fair, this is some really spooky shit. That he see like mm-hmm. that, I would be a little worried that like there's some secret government bullshit happening or something. He de- it definitely I would I mean there's something going on. It's it's like thirty or forty people outside his house moving stuff out from a truck, uh, and so he goes back and hides under the covers. Uh, and we go to the morning. He gets up. Uh, his mom tells him, "Hey, good morning. I made you lunch." And uh, Mrs. Jenkins next door is going to take you to school. I got to go to work. Goodbye. Uh, she leaves. And then we cut to the Rangers on their very good CG uh, Astro boards or whatever they're called. Uh, go ahead, Ava. Yeah. I don't. Hmm? Did I say uh, something? <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about the extremely bad CGI of the. No, nah, uh, I was just sort of, I was agreeing along with it. Given, uh, I was going to say before. But now I'm going to use my chance to bring it up. When Bulk is looking through the binoculars, it ends with like a cut of like a craterite about to like doing like a kick motion. Yes. But he doesn't get kicked and it frustrates me every yeah. time I watch it. Yeah, that seemed like a very intentional bit that they just never pulled the trigger on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. I forgot about that, but that's a good point. Um, so uh, I just wanted th- to say, I'm sure this was covered in an episode I wasn't on, but like this like scene of them going to earth or whatever like, this is clearly the uh rangers from the sentai just traveling the internet right right because the the sentai is like a device and 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 uh uh technology sent uh sentai so it's definitely supposed to be like cyberspace yeah like whatever. yeah they're, they're going to the they're going into the computer to help war graymon and melgaruman <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly they're going to help Bob stop a GameCube from destroying a uh, mainframe. Um, and they they basically say, okay, we're going to head down uh, to the center of Angel Grove and fan out and look for the 
the craterites. Um, Omnimon is a Zord. <laughs> he, he totally is. is. Yes, yeah. he, he for sure looks like a Megazord. Uh, hey, Ava, how much is that card worth? By the way, oh, <laughs> uh, let me check. Let me check how much the alternate art Omnimon card I have is. A uh, it does look art. cool. I it have looks to give cool. That the to alternate, <laughs> the alternate card, like visual designs for that card game are surprisingly good. Oh, they're is really this, good. Is this a it's, new uh, Digimon card game? Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. It's going. It's hovering. It is still hovering at about two hundred dollars. I'm seeing some places a little over. Hell, that's yes. Wild. It's wild <laughs> to think like trading cards can still be worth that much. Yeah, I, that feels like such a '90s I, thing. I because like the thing is, is like I do want to sell it, but I'm really intimidated by like how if because like the thing is is like. I've sold cards before, but it was like, you know, everyone was like, you know, sort of chill about it. Like, yeah, I just want those cards. But now the thing is, trading cards has become its own little stock market. Yeah. So I'm horrified about like, if I try to sell this card and then the guy's like, I, you, ha- there's a small scratch on the back of this Omnimon. I'm demanding a refund and PayPal's going to shut down your account. Yeah. And Be- I'm just nervous about doing anything with and, the current scene of trading you, cards. you sell it and then in six months it's worth a thousand dollars for some reason because oh know. yeah when i first got the card it was like 140 <laughs> dang and this is i didn't even buy i didn't buy any packs i just got the starter decks because those were a little easier to get because me and my girlfriend wanted to play it a bit because my girlfriend's a very big digimon fan and i have the three starter decks or well i have two and then my girlfriend has one of the three that first like originally came out only one of which I was able to get it in stores for its original price. The other ones I had to buy marked up. Jeez, but I had really? some, like, yeah, I got them. F- well, like, luckily I had like points saved up that I used to get them because I, you know, I like my, um, I like my physical board games and stuff and I shop for them frequently. Yeah. But they were still like $30 when I was getting them. Wow. But luckily they paid for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> because they just like, the deck comes with like one one singular booster pack in it and it just so happens in my one booster pack i got maybe the most god damn it train (laughs) (laughs) it's okay uh i got like one of the most valuable cards of the whole set which is that's my luck that's how i do this is why this is my this is my gambling problem i'm too good at it Yeah, you, well, yeah, it's you, you keep doing it because you keep being rewarded, which is well, obviously... It's, it's a real mixed bag here, because, like, you keep doing good at it, but it's a system where, in order to profit from it, you have to do all this extra work that sucks. Yeah, yeah. yes, for sure. That's always... I... I uh, now we're just talking about trading cards. I don't play Magic the Gathering competitively anymore, but I like to go to the pre-releases and do sealed stuff, which is yeah, if you don't... If you don't play... If you don't play uh, any collectible card games, basically they just hand you some random cards and you make a deck out of it. And that's fun to me. Uh, but I don't collect them. So I usually try to sell the good ones afterwards. And if they're really good, it becomes the whole fucking thing, like you just said, because it's like, oh, no, you need to list the 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 condition on this scale and like uh, – yeah, it's just See, a lot of work. See, you can't possibly get enough money from a card to be worth that kind of hassle to me. So if I'm going to sell cards, it's either like just sending them into like Star City Games or taking them to my local shop and be like, what do you give me for this? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would like to do with this card. Because like I like, obviously, I love money. 
I think it's <laughs> awesome. I would like more of it. I know that's a controversial opinion, but frankly, I could go for more money as opposed to less, which I think is sort of the more uh more in vogue. But I would still totally like if my local card store was doing Digimon purchases, I would probably yeah, just sell it to them. That's the but problem. The issue is, this card this card game is not big enough for there to be a lot of venues that are interested in being a broker yeah. for that. Yeah, it's like stores aren't getting into it quite yet, especially because like stuff isn't open enough here to start doing like, oh here, come in and play it and try it out. Cause yeah. you know, you can't do that yet. And now not only that, but like because of how big like Pokemon card resales have become, it has affected every other trading card game around it. Cause people are like, oh, this is gonna yeah. be the next like Pokemon. Yeah. And it is getting to the point where, like, despite the fact that like the Digimon cards are super valuable, it is hurting its performance very like because it's making it so only collectors are getting it and yeah. no one is getting a chance to play it. That sucks. Yeah, it's it's created like a speculation market because mm-hmm. Pokemon's worth so much. Oh, capitalism sucks. All right, so that's our uh, card game uh, corner. The, the um, game's fun, though. I like it. I played a little bit of it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> good. I played the old Digimon game, and I thought it was pretty fun uh, back in, like, early 2000s. I've got a stack, so, I've got a stack uh, of cards sitting next to me. I'm probably not going to play it because I don't have anyone who would play it with me here, but... I like Digimon, and I like having some cards with, with Digimon we'll on play them. It, we'll, play it over, we'll play it over, like, a video call. Yeah! <laughs> there you go. Um, so they, the rangers split up to try to find the craterites. Uh, we cut over to, um, oh boy, I forgot. Patrick. Uh, Patrick. Yep. Uh, Patrick like goes over. Character. You know, yeah. Patrick. This is Pat. Hi, I'm Patrick. This is Patrick. Uh, he goes next door to try to see the lady who's supposed to take him to, uh, school. Uh, he knocks on the door and no one answers. So he looks through the window and guess what he sees? Oh, it's the vision. Crater right. It's what? So yes, it's the visions. Right. Marvel's <laughs> the visions. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. So basically, he sees a bunch of craterites, but they're all so it's like a mama craterite and a daddy craterite and a little kid craterite, which is really cute. And it's I, very <laughs> funny. Yeah, <laughs> the scene um, rules. But he, instead of thinking it's adorable, freaks the hell out and runs runs down the stairs, uh, and like immediately starts looking for uh, uh, for help. And okay, so the craterites are basically body snatching; they're they're kidnapping people and replacing them. But for some reason, in this scene, they don't have any disguises, so it's just a bunch of craterites, like, doing normal stuff, like hanging up laundry and delivering mail, and it's for really some, I'm goofy. I'm pretty sure for some reason the laundry scene specifically is from the Sentai. Yeah, I think you're right. But feeling, yeah. Yeah. The, the film but grading see- is different, like, the color, or the color grading is different, and it honestly looks like uh, Japanese clothing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I also think uh, the craterites are like more pink in the American footage, and then they're kind of purpley in the Sentai. Um, but yeah, so so he just sees like a craterite mowing the lawn and one craterite mailman. Mail. Yeah, and he freaks out and just runs until craterite he sees in a humans. business suit is just so good. <laughs> yeah, there it. It's remember how excited we would get when the putties put on costumes. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It just rules. Um, 
So he runs I until he really, sees. So one of them is a a, a craterite dressed as just like a just you know an ordinary person. They're pushing a big old fashioned looking baby bassinet. And I so wanted a sweep of the camera to show a little baby craterite in that bassinet. Yeah, because yeah, we've already established there are child craterites. So like, like just a clearly. fucking tiny ass little one wearing a onesie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, instead, he runs and finds uh, the police officer he talked to earlier. Uh, and the officer's like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Oh, uh, my my." Uh, Miss Jenkins was supposed to take me to school, but when I looked in her door, I, her room, I saw, and then he looks in the rearview mirror, and this is straight up a they live scene where the officer looks mm. like a human, unless you look at them through a mirror, in which case it looks like a craterite, which doesn't make any sense with what we just saw, but whatever. No, no, it, it is makes, fairly. Zach, it makes perfect sense. When a, a spiritual creature disguises itself, its true form uh-huh. can still be seen in reflection. Sure, fair enough. Uh, but but he sees this cop in or a cop craterite, and then he turns back to him. And this scene is so funny because the the cop is the the person playing the police officer is honestly pretty creepy right here. He's like, "What did you see next door?" Oh, Patrick? he's doing the biggest fucking grin. Like this is a fucking Jim Carrey face he's doing. It- and it's creepy. And then he runs away, and it and then you see in. Uh, the police car, a tied up the same guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you you get the idea. They're, Gee, they're I, for gonna... one, am shocked that a seemingly nice police officer turned out to secretly be a monster in disguise. Right. So off off mic, uh, Ava and I were talking mm-hmm. about like, oh, yes, the reason to not trust the police is they might be aliens. No other reason. Couldn't be any other problem. I, <laughs> I just want to I just want to do a clip of that scene and be and uh, caption it something like uh, what happens to the good cops? <laughs> yeah, they get replaced <laughs> by crater. They get tied up left yeah. on the back of the police car and replaced by bad ones. Um. And this next this next scene, just like the next scene we're gonna get where they he talks about his encounter with the police officer hurts hurts a little bit to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, even like not-, not like a one of those things where it's like, oh Power Rangers, why would you do this? But just yeah. like straight up like knowing what we know now, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, that is how that would happen, There's wouldn't a, it? It feel it feels very much like an unintended uh metaphor. Yeah, unintended commentary on our society. So, so Patrick, so what? What they're describing is Patrick sees his buddies, his friends, um, and uh, he says, "There's aliens everywhere, and no one believes me. Even the policeman's an alien." And one of the little kids is like, "And then he attacked you, right?" Uh huh. And it, yeah, it's just like, boy, and all the kids just start laughing at him, and it's just yeah. like, oh, this. Black kid doesn't have proof that a police offer officer attacked him. Wow. Yeah. Um. The kid. The kid is is you know a kid actor and he's not yeah. great, but I will say he does a pretty good job here, where he just looks super upset and just doesn't really know what to do next. So he just goes and sits on a bench and puts his head <laughs> in his hands. Uh. At which point, um, Professor, we cut over to Professor Phenomenus and Balkan Skull. Uh, and they are trying to use their, uh, 
their radar ears um, to find the aliens. That That's it. It's just a quick cutscene. And to think they could have just used mirrors instead. Right, exactly. God, the, uh, 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 a fucking shot of uh, them all, like, walking backwards, holding up mirrors, trying to, you know, see the see the reflections of all the people they're passing by would have been really good. Yeah. I think it'd be better if in this season, like, Bulk and Skull were more effective alien hunters. Like, if they were that'd... at least a little bit of an asset, I think that'd be sort of cute. Uh, that'd be really funny. I've always wished that Bulk and Skull, like, they've done it a couple times, but... I always want the civilians to be like, not like full on, you know, uh, like Alfred or anything like that, but like a little useful to the heroes. And yeah, that'd be neat. Uh, unfortunately, even if, they're they were, idiots. even if they were at like, I think a good use of bulk and skull in a season would be for them to be accidentally competent. Like they're right, out yeah. there, like they're out there doing their own thing, completely disconnected from the plot, but they're constantly just like accidentally meddling in ways that helps the power rangers. Right. And then like the um, end of the big thing at the end of the season can be them like running into interfere intentionally. And the rangers just like legitimately thanking them for all their help and them being like, wait, what? Especially yeah. because like in this season, it really feels like the bulk and skull stuff is like just its own entire different plot line. Yes. Like, never crosses over with the power rangers until like the last second yeah so totally it would be nice if there was some payoff because honestly they're they just don't feel like anything they're like i like bulk and skull but every time i've watched an in space episode yeah like because i watched other ones like not too long ago and it always just sort of felt like why are these still here <laughs> Yeah, the Balkan Skull for the past couple of seasons have felt a little more extraneous to the actual show. Uh, I agree that here it's like, well, okay, so what does this have to do with the episode? Right, because there's an alien invasion and they're also looking for the aliens and it doesn't pay off. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. Cassie and uh, Carlos are have these devices that I guess are supposed to help them find the craterites. Uh, they're looking at them, and then they see Patrick, their good friend, a child, and well, I'm, we don't really see how these uh, how these devices work at all. But you know, you kind of hear some like beeping or whatever. I'm guessing what's going on is they're getting signals saying that craterites are around, but they aren't right. seeing them anywhere because they're disguised. Yeah, my my guess is that it's like because technically the craterites came from the ship, they can sort of detect like the same sort of tech used to create the holograms just oh. around them. Yeah, it's like some hard that's, light that's what bullshit. I inferred. They don't say that, but if that's you, the logic I employ. If you take if you take the like masks or whatever that they have on them off, you can just see a H emblazoned on each one of their heads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so they they talk to Patrick and Patrick so so Lexi, here's what's ir what irritates me. Yes, obviously they're trying to do the the boy who cried wolf thing, but he doesn't tell them what he saw. So there's not the chance for them to be like, "Oh, whatever, Patrick, you know, you're just telling stories." He's literally just like, "I'm upset and I can't tell you what it is cuz you won't believe me." And Cassie goes, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> Basically, <laughs> 
The moral of this story is to stop telling the boy who cried wolf story because it just gets kids who are about to get eaten by wolves to not tell adults. Yeah, like literally she's like, you know, Patrick, you've told a lot of big stories and it makes it hard to believe you. Anyway, we'll take you home now. And and they do. <laughs> and that's it. Like, So it, keep it to yourself, Patrick. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I, I understand what they're trying to do, but I feel like it just doesn't work. Um, he even asks them to come in uh, until his mom gets home. And Cassie's like, no, we're busy. You got this. Uh, Carlos tells now, uh, to be fair they are busy trying to find aliens that have invaded earth oh yeah that, the reasoning is 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 understandable uh, just it's just funny they, they even go like gee, and as they're leaving they're like gee I wonder what got him so spooked but what I won't ever ask it's not important <laughs> it can't possibly be related to the alien hunt we're doing because right. that entire time during the scene, I thought like, okay, so these guys know what he's talking about, but they're trying to keep him calm so he doesn't freak out. And then it made me so mad when they were just like, what's his deal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so funny. <laughs> doesn't like, he know we're on a mission? Like, geez. Yeah. Well, well, like, that's the thing. Because he doesn't say it, like, this is basically pointless. At the end, Patrick is like, oh, I know I shouldn't make shit up because then people won't believe me. But like... It, I, they missed a step, basically. <laughs> listen, listen. His his kid peers didn't believe him, and that convinced him that telling anybody would be a mistake. Right. Exactly. Um, so we cut to the ranger, or or right. They they read up, meet up with the rest of the rangers. Um, no, and they're at like no, they don't. Not yet. What happens first? Andros, Carlos, and Ashley walk onto a construction site. Right, yes, okay. Um, <laughs> and they start doing wiggle hand. Ashley, Ashley fucking bringing it yet again with her outfit. Yes, this is a good outfit. She's got uh, like a, a like a cardigan kind of. It's like a it's like a semi transparent like cardigan over a like a yellow uh like cami. It's mm-hmm. cute. Yeah. Uh Ashley has become the bearer of the midriff look in this season for uh, sure cassie's cassie's belly is showing a lot more i guess they both episode. i guess they both do it yeah that's fair uh this was the time i suppose man i don't know if this is an indictment of just men's fashion at the end of the 90s or just an indictment of the rangers but like she's fucking bringing it with a good outfit here andress is just dressed like a discount tolly tommy oliver again and mm-hmm. tj is dressed like someone's dad Here's the thing. Big acid wash jeans, bad. Bad look. And it was really big right now. So Also, just... the sort of formless oversized sweaters have never been a, a super great look. Like, not the, ki- the kind that uh, TJ's wearing, at least. Yeah. Not good. In this, in this part of the 90s, I feel like, uh, if, if you go, even if you go back and watch, like, um, like Seinfeld, when he's in suits, even those are like way the hell too big. It's just yeah. that's the but that was the style. The guy who plays TJ shame. has a good body. Let him fucking show it. He's too. It's just it's a shame. He's just too early to be an e boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Because uh, Andros has the e boy hair for sure, but yeah, just not the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Put some chainmail chainmail necklace on him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Platform uh, Crocs. 
God, I want to see Andros and yeah, Andros and TJ, so I guess, bad. are kind of e-boy and his podcaster boyfriend. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, uh, the, so, so now we have a scene where Ashley just stares at a man for a really long time. Oh, this guy is giving him a, giving her a fucking mean mug, though. <laughs> like, uh, and also, the man she's staring at is in the, is in the, uh, the Sentai footage. Which is very funny. Like so, so they're doing a cross footage stare down, um, and so she's just staring at this guy. He's giving her kind of a weird look. Uh, she keeps looking at him. She finally hears a noise uh, from the nearby van, uh, and goes over and investigates and sees again the man she was staring at uh, tied up. And then she looks back at the guy, and that guy just looks at her for even longer. And it's this scene is just like, okay, who's gonna do something? Because it just keeps I going. Fucking I love, love this guy, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the human actors who are playing uh, fucking craterites in disguise are so good. Like they're just doing some real goofy ass, like evil looks and i love it i'm like, here for it like when he doffs his hard hat and just starts yes. throwing it up into the air and catching it oh it rules the, the <laughs> scene throws it to the side the once he throws the hard hat away and everyone decides that the ruse is over uh this i almost choked when i was watching this the first time it's incredible. because the the Craterites in human disguise start doing this hand motion where you know that thing people do when they put their arm out the window when they're driving and do like a wave kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, they do that with both hands, uh, towards each other, yeah, cross front and then and then go back. And it's all like six of them, just these men who are dressed like construction workers doing this goofy ass hand motion, and then they eventually do turn into craterites. But it made me laugh so fucking hard. It's so funny. It's um, it's a very honestly good, like uncanny kind of creepy people not acting human thing. Like yeah, I, it's not it's not scary because this is for kids. But from the perspective of like the ten year old I was when I initially watched this, like. Yeah, this is some decent like goosebumps level horror vibes. Yeah, I think I this is I, I said to to Lexi like last week because uh, we got delayed on this episode. My fault, my bad. Uh, that this is like if the putties were creepy because they're still goofy, but also like they are a little unsettling. Mostly mm-hmm. when you see humans do their weird mannerisms, it's just a little creepy. There's a, yeah, there's a sinister vibe that creeps in when they think somebody's realized like what they really are. And right, it's yeah. like it's like kids, it's like kids uh, body snatchers. You know, there's that s- famous like super creepy scene where the uh, Donald Sutherland does this like the scream. It's like that, but uh, but but hand motions. <laughs> so. They turn into craterites, and uh, the rangers finally realize, oh, shit, remember how we saw thousands of them come out of our ship? They're all over, and they must be uh, disguised. And they morph, and uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yeah, I forgot breaks. I forgot breaks. I forgot breaks. 
Zach can't go more than an hour without going to the bathroom. That's fair. That's fair. Hey everyone, it's your editor, Eric. If the music wasn't a giveaway, I'm here to talk to you about Godzilla vs. Kong. Tonight, Friday, April 2nd, at 9pm Eastern in the Audio Entropy Discord, we're going to be hosting a watch-along. Jump into the Hey, I'm talking voice chat server, mute your microphone, and then head to the Hey, I'm posting chat room to discuss the movie, uh, and, you know, whatever the hell else you want to talk about. It's also looking like I'll be hosting a second watch-along tomorrow, Saturday, April 3rd, and that will be at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, same advice applies there. Uh, by the way, this music is not an endorsement of who I think would win in the fight. It's just a track the local college radio station uses for their top five at five. Uh, you don't need to know all this. Uh, get back to the Power Rangers. Bye. Alright, so the Rangers morph, and we get a, a, a big old Craterite fight scene, and the only thing that's really notable about this, I mean, I mean, it's fine, fight scene, but they, they keep pushing, like, there's so many, there's so many, they say it over and over again, and they do show it, I think, pretty well that there's a lot of them, but... I want to call out, I want to call out one fun uh, bit of choreography okay. here. Um, okay. There's a scene where... Uh, the pink ranger is uh, surrounded by them and she does a like a flying kick bounces off one does a flip and then lands on what's clearly a uh, trampoline below her and just is bouncing around on the on the ground for a little bit it's really fun mm-hmm. just doing yeah. some fucking cartoon rabbit hops yeah, it's fun. And I like the stuff with uh, Carlos's like staff weapon is neat, too. I love the staff. It's yeah, so cool. Staff, staff fights are great. As a kid, I had the uh, the Silver Ranger, who's not in the show yet. No. But I remember his like his like gun sword thing. Yeah, that thing was, was like, neat. It was just a sword, but it had like a gun handle to it. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, Lexi had to step out for a second, so it's just me. <laughs> it's just me and Ava. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, uh... The staff is really cool. I like that it has like a little, um, it's got like a little curved section that he uses to pick people up with. Mm-hmm. It would not work, but it's neat looking. <laughs> and I like that. Also, I do, I do like the, the yellow, the space slingshot thing. As much as it looks really awkward and like stiff, the fact that it looks like, it looks like a, it looks like a Naboo fighter from episode one of Star Wars. Oh That's God, exactly it what it is. Totally does. Uh, <laughs> and right. that is a great design. So turning that into a weapon, uh, I like that. Yeah, it, it's. I think it looks cool. My problem is just that it doesn't work. Like as a slingshot, like it doesn't move. Nah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't, which is a bummer, but it does still look cool. Yeah, but it looks neat. So they beat up all these craterites uh, on the in the warehouse district, and then they go to the beach to fight some more craterites at the beach district. <laughs> um, and 
Yeah, you do get to see uh, Ashley use her her Star Slinger. Um, and then you get to see uh, my favorite special move in Power Rangers, that that which is TJ's weird, like... It's like a sonic spin dash, but but mm, rotational. Mm-hmm. Like he spins, he like pirouettes in in a uh, you know standing up very yeah, very he fast. Casts, he does blade. He, he casts blade storm. Yes, exactly. Uh, and just dashes past a bunch of uh, of craterites. And this whole time, they're trying to make sure that like uh, you understand that there are many of them. Um, mm-hmm. They they then uh, say, oh, I bet this is what uh, freaked Patrick out. So now they're going to go save the small child. Th- d- no reason to ask him earlier, but now we got to help him out. Yeah. Um, and they good. then they briefly cut to yes. the, the craterite leader giving a speech to all his crater underlings. And the camera is just focused right at his crotch. Yes. Yes. So first of all, you see like literally a sea of craterites like thousands mm-hmm. of craterites and it's all it's all like early cg it looks kind of goofy but also i kind of love it yeah they're eusocial insects therefore the yeah. one with genitals is the leader <laughs> yeah i mean you're totally right because you got the uh the leader of the the uh the craterites which is looks the same but he has a black helmet and uh we just look at his uh, his bulge there for a while and mm-hmm. and <laughs> You know, it's Power Rangers. They're all wearing spandex. It's not the first time that that's happened, but it is shot such that it's literally in the direct center of the screen. So that's fine. It's and, and like you can even see like the seam of the clothes over it. So it's really just it's impossible not to notice. It's it's one of those things where it's like surely they showed it to like uh, you know a, a director or something, and he was like, well. We don't have time to redo that, so it's just going in this way. <laughs> maybe you, maybe it's like, you might, because like, it's not on screen for too long, so you might not notice it if you're just sort of watching it casually, but if you pause even for a split second to, you know, talk about the show that's going by sort of fast like right, we do, right. then you definitely notice yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, boy, that sure is a dick and balls right there, okay, mm-hmm. uh... So then we we uh the Rangers get to Patrick um and uh they they it it's just, it's a very odd scene cuz it's five people in Power Rangers costumes like we're saving you and they walk him down the stairs and his his mom pulls up in her van oh well sorry first we see uh officer what's his face who turns uh, into a crane yeah. ride again and and Patrick's concerned when he sees them and Andros is just like, don't worry. It's just an officer. Yeah. You have nothing to worry <laughs> yeah. about. Well, so here's the thing uh, about Andros that's been consistent uh, that you may not know because you probably haven't been listening, which is, I, I don't blame I, you. I caught up. Oh, good. I well, then up. you should know this, that which is that <laughs> Andros, a cop. <laughs> Andros is a cop. Yes. He cares only for personal property and not liberty. And he's just like, ah, good, an officer. This is all that matters. Uh, but Patrick freaks out, uh, knowing that it's already a craterite. Um, fortunately, Patrick's mom pulls up in a minivan. And this is the first time in Power Rangers that, that the day's been saved by a minivan. But I like it. <laughs> they just kind of get him in there and he gets out. 
Uh, the assumption I have at this point is that there are no humans not knocked out except Patrick and his mom. Because we only- Yeah, because she- Yeah. She shows up and she's very worried. She is incredibly concerned. Yeah, she like, must at this I can point- only assume- Go ahead. Yeah, I can only assume that she had to fight her way out of her job to get here. <laughs> I I suspect that uh, she had to fight her copy like in Us- and she mm. beat she beat that copy up and to to escape and save Patrick, um, but yeah they 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 get him in the van and then they all and then they run away because they couldn't get in the van I guess, but this is again where they get to a forest and there's they do at this point show like sixty people in costume like they do sell mm. to you like okay this is a problem. Um, the only time in Power Rangers it really they're able to get across to you that it's bad. Uh, there's two times. One is when a Zord blows up. That's bad, obviously. And the other is just when there's so many bad guys. And th- th- mm-hmm. that works here. It's fairly effective. Um, uh, so th- th- it's just Cassie and Andros here. They're they're trying to figure out mm-hmm. how to uh, to escape. Uh, the other rangers show up in uh, the the I can't remember the name of the stupid vehicle. It look it's a minivan. It's a good minivan. They call it a tank or a mega tank. Maybe I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the smaller swords. Yeah. Um. But then the craterite uh, boss shows up to fight Ashley or sorry Cassie and uh, and Andros. Uh, and they're like, oh, wait, who's that? He seems to be their leader. Uh, and you mm-hmm. you can tell he's their leader, not just because he has a black helmet, but also because he has a lot of other superpowers for no reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he immediately shoots a bunch of fireballs at them. And then mm-hmm. he uses uh, the force to pull them to him. And then he force lightnings them while he's grabbing them. Uh mm-hmm. Which is fun. I al- Good. I also I like how like this batch of craterites actually has like actual helmets, like because it's original footage. Oh yes. So it's not just because the ones they have for the show are just sort of have like the crappy little hood that goes over their head. Yes. Which which has been mostly what we've seen close up. Yes. So far, but for this action scene, because it's all Sentai footage, they actually have like the proper helmet. Yeah. Which the- I like the look of. Yeah, the helmet looks cool. The little hood looks. <laughs> Kind of like the end of a condom. <laughs> like, it's like... Yeah, it does. It, it's, it do. I, that's the only thing I could think of is it's like it's kind of limp and it's just... It's funny looking. It's not as threatening as the helmet. Um, but And also, just in, while we're talking about the way things look, I love the way... I love the way the in-space uniforms look. I could look at them forever. Oh, They're good. just so geometrically and colorly pleasing. They're like... Really simple, but I can't get enough of them. I'm I'm glad because I think we've been a little harsh on them. I like the helmets a lot. I wish the sh- the rest of the uniform had a little bit more white for balance, but I do love- Yeah, maybe. Like around like where the triangle on the top of the shirt is, I could see like an extra like band of white there fitting in really good. But I think the helmet's just so good. The helmet's good. I think, but- the helmet would be helped, though, if they were still allowed to do the thing where they turn the lights on in the top, but because it's not the video game right. version, they can't do that. Right. But, but that was a really good part of that helmet. Yeah. But the um, 
But I think we've all basically said we love the colors on the chest. That That's very cool. Mm-hmm. I like when you have yeah. nods to the rest of the Rangers in the in the uniform because it, it's like, yep, remember, they're team superheroes. Um, so, uh, yeah, the uh, Craterite boss is uh, uh, shocks them. And then there's a very funny shot where he just puts his hand out and menacingly <laughs> walks towards Andros while he's on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like, uh, but then the rest of the Rangers show up and kick him in the face, uh, and are are able to kind of fight him off a little bit. And then, uh, they hand Andros his spiral saber, which has quote, been reprogrammed with the Simudec data. Um, Mm -hmm. and they say, as long as they haven't mutated, this will destroy them. And then he shoots them with it, and as far as I can tell, it doesn't do anything. I like it hurts, but like yeah, like he does. I do like how you can see he's thinking about computers when he shoots them. Yeah, it's important to think about computers when you're doing anything with technology. Uh, and then the episode just really takes a hard turn in a way I didn't expect. I love it though; it's so good. <laughs> Oh, I love this monster. So I said before that I feel like this episode effectively does kids horror. This big. So this is something that they actually have done in the recent Power Rangers comics with the putties, which makes sense because they're made of like, you know, clay. Mm -hmm. Theoretically, they could like join up and be one big clay monster. Uh, But these all of the um, uh, the craterites essentially just grab onto each other and make a big craterite monster instead of growing. And, and it still looks like a craterite too. Like when you zoom out, yes. they've formed just right. So the colors are still consistent, yeah, and the, but it also looks meatier and I like it so much. It's gross looking. And I mean that as yeah. a compliment, like it is, it's, it's a, I mean, this. it's obviously still a suit, but the suit is designed to look like it's a bunch of bodies, yeah, like very textured. Yeah, clinging onto each other, and it's gross, and it works. It's unsettling. Um, they form the Megazord uh, and just start punching it. But all that really happens is that some uh, craterites fall off. Uh, there's actually a a, a, a bit where. You, they punch through the stomach and you see a big mm-hmm. hole, but then the cra- you watch the craterites just like re grab back onto each other. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah. It is effectively I also, done. I do, I would love to have played this monster because like the way he walks at them, he sort of like does it like, like l- sort of relaxed, but in like a sort of sloppy way, which I really like. Yeah, it, it's it's a good body language by the suit actor there in terms of just like making him walk a little mm-hmm. like relaxed, but also menacing. Uh, like he's made like he's sort of like he's not made of like rigid parts. Right. Yeah. He's sort of wiggly, I guess, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they come up, the rangers are like, oh man, we're boned, what should we do? Uh, and they come up with the idea uh, to put Decca's Simudec data in the the gun they have, and that also doesn't really do anything. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's looking kind of bad for them. They, they, I like the shot of all the uh, 
of all the craterites like blasting off of them and falling onto the ground. Um, That's neat. But they basically are like, oh, okay, well, what we should probably do is shoot the leader. uh, And then they say, okay, well, how (laughs) should we do that? We have to figure out how to hit the leader. (laughs) We We have to figure out how do we shoot him in the chest yeah that That sounds really difficult that's what's so wild they're like okay there's the leader it's on his chest okay well how do we hit him and i'm like what do you mean how do you hit him you just and then it cuts to him hitting him yeah you just shoot him um so they do that and then there's a cool shot of like the the like a firework coming out of the chest spot specifically it's neat and then then they all explode Um, yeah, so it's pretty cool. It's a cool fight, and like that monster is 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 effective. I think. Um, yeah, it definitely ends a little climactically. Of like, they 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 just realize like, oh, this is what we got to do. Yeah, Boom. it would have been nice if they like, I don't know, sort of st- had a little bit of a struggle to hit it. But the episode is running long on time, so I get it. Yeah, they also don't really do like a finishing move. They just shoot it, and and yeah, yeah there Which you is go. Fine. Yeah. Um. We cut uh, to the surf spot, and Patrick is hanging out with his best friends, a bunch of teenagers, which I'm still mm-hmm. sorry, it's still weird. Um, and Officer Hemming comes in, and he apologizes to Officer Hemming about telling lies. Now, I don't really understand how that ties into anything. Officer Hemming just got abducted by an alien and tied up. <laughs> And put in a in the back of a car. That wasn't Patrick's fault for telling lies. Like I don't understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so- everyone should be like, "Hey, Patrick, sorry we put you in a state of uh, of paranoia and right. didn't trust you." And also, we just because just because just because you like to do pranks doesn't mean we shouldn't trust you as a person. Right. And also, we're sorry that we didn't like ask you about the very important information that you had because we just assumed you would be a big liar. Like, yeah, it's well, that's, and that's the other thing I thought of since we mentioned it last time, it's the power Rangers. They know there's aliens. In fact, they're looking Mm -hmm. for them. So if they had to have asked, they would have just been like, Oh, well that must be the craterites. Well, of course, but instead, anyway, Falk and Skull come yeah. in to do their end of episode bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they have their secret alien stripper gun. Yeah. So <sighs> they have a device. Ava, you sound like you really like this bit. <laughs> so I like the prop. It is a cool prop. It looks fun and stupid, which I appreciate. It looks like. I don't know why. Go ahead. I don't. I like how they're still wearing the bad headphones for no reason. Uh, but they basically... I mean, I guess they don't know the problem's over. <laughs> right, yeah. So they basically... The idea is they understand that the aliens are disguised, so they have what they literally call a stripper gun, uh, which will remove the disguises of the aliens, uh, except instead it works on them. And I want to say this is like the 10th time in Power Rangers that Balkan Skull have been reduced to their underwear in front of a bunch of people who laugh at them. And I'm not a psychologist, but like, that's going to do something to you. Ha ha, you're naked. You don't have have an outerwear of clothing for no necessary direct action of your own. Here's 
either how dare you try how dare you try to help with this problem yeah exactly let's laugh at you here's the thing either this is gonna like damage you to where like you can't get naked in front of somebody because you're just like you're just ruined or it's gonna give you a fetish and i don't know which one (laughs) don't know which one's gonna happen but uh but yeah, so that's it. And then everyone, including the small child, laughs at Balkan's call. <laughs> uh and that's the episode. Uh yeah, it's fun. It's really goofy. It's, yeah. Go ahead. It it I I liked it. They're, you know it, it the issue is is that like I like that episode that ends with a, a Balkan skull bit that just, you know, just feels su- super gratuitous. Yes, yes, for sure. Absolutely. I remember, I I think it was something you talked about the other week where it was like, in, in one of the shows, they didn't have to do the mandatory comedy character anymore. Yes. In the, or something. Yeah. In the new For, one, supposedly, they, they have not been mandated to have all the the comedy relief come from, like, specific comedy relief characters. Which, like, yeah. I don't know, like... That was always, like, sort of inherently obvious, but, like, when you finally said it, I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense that that that's why those characters exist and never mesh with anything, is because they're just sort of mandated to be there, and then they have to figure it out from there. Right, yeah. Like, there is a comedy relief character in Fury. She's, like, a, um... I guess technically she's the boss of, like, a BuzzFeed-type site, but she basically acts as, like, a reporter... But she's like, mm-hmm. you know, going to where monsters are and being like, hey, I want to show the internet this monster. Like, it's still part of the plot. Like, it, it's, yeah, it, it feels less gratuitous. Like you said. The the last the last season I watched a good portion of just, just to watch it was uh, Ninja Steel. And, oh my god, yes. like, I, I, I actually do sort of like Ninja Steel I know some people aren't as big on it, but like the thing that really sucks the wind out of it is those comic relief characters. Yes. So unnecessary. Simon was telling us, uh, like just, he thinks Ninja Steel is like a seven. And then when you factor in the comedy relief characters, it's like a four, like they can't, they (laughs) just really tank it. Um, but yeah, it's nice that they don't have to do that. And I like bulk and skull. I just feel like, like you said, they're, they're really extraneous to this and it makes the end joke just like here they are to do the Balkan skull thing. It doesn't matter. Like it, it's just, yeah, it's a little frustrating. Um, but it's a, a fun episode and I think the craterites are cool and kind of creepy yeah. and really funny. Yeah. So but also the other thing <laughs> I'm still on this of like they all know they got abducted by aliens. So it's not like the usual case of like oh here's Bulk and Skull talking about aliens like what are they going off about? <laughs> I mean to be fair not aliens but like virtual life forms or yes. some shit. So they were all there for that. Yes. And then Bulk and Skull show up and they're like Oh, that's so silly. This why, is a, why, why are you doing this? You, you have an excellent <laughs> they were point. All just got abducted. But that's actually something that's really good to note because like so in in the last season balkan skulls thing well first they were monkeys but in the second half it was like they had a new job Mm -hmm. every every episode and they would screw that job up somehow and everybody would laugh um in this season they are hunting aliens the power rangers for sure know there are aliens and that they are bad and 
instead of like either protecting Balkan Skull from the aliens or being like, hey, there are aliens, please be careful. They're just like, ha ha ha, you have a dumb professor. Like, it's so, yeah. Because I watched the, my first experience as an adult uh, with the professor, whatever the hell his dumb name is. Uh, Phenomenus, uh, oh, go ahead. Phenomenon. Yeah. His... It's just weird that they're like, yeah, in this show, 100%, there are aliens. Yes. Now the joke character thinks there is aliens. <laughs> yeah. It, they did pick a weird, like, because Power Rangers is is not consistent about whether the general public knows about monsters. Mm-hmm. But it is weird that they picked, like, you know, he could just, he could just be a professor who, you know, like a Doc Brown from... Uh, a Back to the Future type who who just like mm-hmm. builds a lot of different things. They specifically made him obsessed with aliens, things that are real in Power Rangers, and just like it, that doesn't work because it means when he finds aliens and they laugh at him, you're like, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> you're you're just being jerks. Uh, but yeah, so. That's yeah. that's the episode. Uh, unfortunately, Lexi had to drop, but I will plug. Still preoccupied. Yeah, but I will plug it's for shame. her. Uh, the first season of Idol on Playtest has ended. However, uh, they are doing an inter- interlude which with new characters, and then they will be starting a season two, uh, which is going to be fun. New characters and, and, and new plot and everything. So you should check that out if you haven't listened to it. Um, it's really, it's really good. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, I'm, that's awesome. I'm really enjoying it too. Um, I wanted to be, I couldn't be on it and I regret it to this day, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but Ava, what would you like to plug today? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ava Gardra, A-V-A-G-A-R-D-R-A, and you can find the tabletop role-playing games that I make at patreon.com slash Ava Miranda. I just app. Probably, I guess, a week before you're hearing this, I put out a new little system on my Patreon. It's a, sm- it's a much smaller one than a system I'll bring up in a little bit, but it's called The River. And the idea with it is that it is a game about making it through the harsh, harsh weeks of winter. And the, and the way you do that is by playing a game of Texas Hold'em. It's a, oh, that it's rules. Still, it is still a play test version. Uh, but like, it, it takes less than an hour to play. It's intended to be played with characters from another from another gameplay session you're going through. And you can find that as well as other things I'm working on, like Adamant, which is my big, much much more grand scale system, my fantasy system, uh, as well on my Patreon as well. And you can also find Adamant on itch.io at avagard, A-V-A-G-A-R-D-E dot itch dot I-O slash adamantrpg. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if we talked about it last time you were on, but Adamant is really cool. I've I've read through it, and I I would love to play a game of it if I could find people. And also, we like I love yeah, good because like I love working on big systems because like I know uh, like I love also making like the sort of shorter like single session systems. Like I have the river. I also have Do You Recall, which is another one in in uh, play testing inspired by stuff like the uh the Blair Witch Project and 
Scooby-Doo or Super 8, where it's like you were a team of people investigating some sort of horror situation. That's all sort of like, those are both projects where it's like, here's a one and done session for all roleplay. But I do still also love the sort of long form progression-y systems like D&D as much as I sort of hate things about D&D. And that's why I made Adamant. Here, I, this isn't an interview, yeah. but so I just want to talk about it. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I get it. I, I love, um, uh, I, I like those, those types of like really just basically only role play games that, that are, that are mm-hmm. the one session type things. Those are really fun, but sometimes I like crunch and stats and, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, go check that out if you can. Uh, it's a cool system. And the river, by the way, I need to compliment you on the pun. Very, very good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm glad you understood. I like it very much. Uh, but yeah, so go check that, those out. Uh, for me, you can find me um, at Chinchy McChilla on Twitter. Uh, and I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't have that much else going on. Come back next week and we will continue to talk about Power Rangers in space. Um, and so, for Teenagers with Attitude, I've been Zach. I've been Ava. And may the power protect you always. It's the easiest sign-off we've ever done. <laughs> but what if, unless you could have swerved on it, or I could have been like, I've been Ava, and then made you go second. <laughs>